Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Good Saturday afternoon. My name is Rich Orris. I'm a senior home consultant with Mosby Building Arts and your host right now of Right at Home with Rich. 97.1 FM. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in today and sharing your Saturday afternoon with me. And welcome to the conversation about your home. The next hour is all about you and your home. You can call in. You can ask me anything you might have going on around your home or any remodeling questions that you may have about your home. The number you need, 314-241-9797. Get in on this conversation quickly because it will be over before you know it. One hour, again, 314-241-9797. I've got a great lineup of topics today. Um, We're going to talk about some load-bearing wall removal, um, got some smoke detector uh, safety and some tips for uh, smoke detectors, um, some upcoming remodeling trends for... uh, the, the upcoming year 2020, and a couple of questions I've got from listeners that I wanted to go ahead and answer for everybody, Did, looked into some things and, you know, a couple interesting questions. So I want to get those answered for everybody uh, here today. But the big story today um, for Right at Home is my Right at Home hack. Halfway through the show, we'll have some common garbage disposal myths that we go over and what you should or shouldn't do. And But today, and today only, um, it'll be, you know, beginning of this week, if you go to my Facebook page, and you'll find my hack there directly after the show, I'll get it posted. If you comment on the the hack, and uh, you can like my page if you want to follow me and all that, we will have a Facebook giveaway we'll do a little bit later on in the week. Um, So if you just search... Rich Oris Mosby in Facebook. You'll find my professional page. You can comment on the hack, like my page, and you will be entered to win the gift card giveaway this week. And this is, um, I don't want to give too much away, but this is a, more of a global thing. So if you're not close or you're not right here in St. Louis, that's okay. Go ahead, go there and do it because it's, uh, it's, a, it's a different gift card that's going to work in a lot of places. So go to my Facebook page professional page and check that out. We'll draw the winner a little later in the week and uh, I'll get that that hack posted directly after the show. So don't miss out on that social media giveaway and stick around today um, with me and we'll go over some of this other stuff and we can go over anything 
about your home again for the next hour. Any any maintenance questions you might have, any remodeling questions you might have. Maybe you're just thinking about starting something and thinking, how do I get started? Who do I contact? How do I, you know, get this going for me? What are the different procedures and stuff? The lines are open right now. Feel free to give me a call, 314-241-9797. And I'm really excited about this giveaway today. I want to see, really, I hope this goes well. And we'll give a good gift out to somebody on Facebook there. So um, another thing I want to remind everybody about, because we are getting close. Um, It's only a couple of weeks away. We have our exterior seminars, our next seminar on uh, March 7th. We're going to be going over anything outside, windows, doors, siding seminar. Um, It's out in Chesterfield, uh, Missouri. It's at the Pella showroom out there. You can uh, register by email at events at mosby.com or just call our office 314-909-1800. Tell them you'd like to go there. You can get the rest of the information. We'll get a nice list. We'll have some snacks and things like that for everybody. So we just like to have a little running count of who all is going to be there. So, But we love to help out. We love to educate people and really get some good information out there. Um, for you. So doors, windows, siding, anything outside. You can even ask us questions there after the seminar and everything. We'll have plenty of people around to talk and answer any questions. So that's a couple of weeks away, March 7th. Don't miss out on that one. So I think I'm going to get right into, you know, a couple of these questions that we have. um, Because like last week, um, I believe it was Marcy had called in and was asking about we were talking about grease in, in plumbing lines and, and flushable wipes not really being, you know, truly flushable and not a good idea to use. And so she called in and asked a question, and they'd been having a debate out in her area about when you're, when you're putting grease down into your garbage disposal, should you run cold or hot water when you do that? Um, and really, so first off, you know, the, the direct answer is never put grease down your garbage disposal as little as possible. You know, if you're cleaning the pan and it's greasy, that's great. But if you have oily, liquefied bacon grease, stuff like that, do not put that down your garbage disposal. So really, there's no hot or cold answer for the grease because you really don't want it in there. But the basics of, you know, the research that we did and everything When using a garbage disposal, grinding food, things like that, you want to use cold water as you're actually using it and grinding up the food and everything because it will keep things a little bit, you know, stiffer, not as solidified and everything, and let it kind of grind it up and really get rid of it. So the answer there is is use cold water um, and not hot water when you're actually using it. It's fine to run hot water through it as you work, rinse, wash dishes, all the stuff you're doing. But when you're actually running stuff through, use cold water on that. And we have another one of uh, a question we had about a ceiling fan direction. And there's a a lot of, there's a little bit of controversy on this one because, you know, what direction do you put your ceiling fan when, you know, in winter and or summer? And, you know, my thing has always been, in the winter, it's kind of opposite of what you would think is you want it actually pulling air down 
towards the floor, but some of the common stuff we just found is actually contradicting that, taking it the other way and saying basically in in the winter you want to pull it up, and then what it's going to do is push the warm air down your walls and down towards the floor. But to me, so so my theory is all your vents are around the wall. So you're actually pushing that air down towards the vents as it's trying to blow warm air up and all of that. So if you reverse that and do it in the center and just keep it on low and let it pull it down, it'll still push that warm air down towards, you know, the floor and, and get the warm air back where you need it. And, you know, basically any circulation is better than no circulation. So in the summer, they're saying, yep, to get the cool breeze effect, It'll give you an impact of about eight degrees, have it blow down on you. But the other theory is if you keep it on low all the time and in the summer have it pull up towards the the ceiling, it's going to move that air around. It's going to pull that air from the center of the room, the cooler air towards the floor, up towards the ceiling, and it just mixes. So I think the the bottom line is the best thing to do is just keep it running on low one way or the other and keep that air kind of just circulating and running around, and it's going to be much, much better. We even recommend the same thing with your furnace, is keep that fan on low so even when it's not heating, it will be blowing air, circulating air around the house, and moving air is better and healthier and just better for the home and will warm and cool the home and stuff better than if it's just stale in between when that stuff's running so keep some circulation going for you. And if you have any comments on that, questions on that, thoughts on that, or you have any questions for me, give me a shout, 314-241-9797. We're going to jump into our first break here. And I do want to remind everybody about the hack in the middle of the show. Remember after the show, go to my Facebook page, look up that page and uh, make a comment, like the page and you will be entered in that gift card giveaway. So for now, give me a shout one more time, 314-241-9797, and we'll get to our break, and we'll be right back. All right, we are back, and uh, got some uh, great info for you today. Got some smoke detector uh, info and some life expectancies on smoke detectors, carbon monoxide detectors. I I really want to get that information out there. If you have any questions or any comments on any of that stuff, you want to join the conversation, feel free. I'm here right now. Phone lines are open, 314-241-9797. Or if you're on radio.com or something like that, you're far away, 866-455-9797. And we will uh, do what we can to get you in. So speaking of the phones, we have Phil on the line right now. So I'm going to jump to Phil. And uh, hey, Phil, what you got going for us? Well, I had some um, floors refinished in my home, hardwood floors. Uh huh. And even prior to that, I mean, I had a lot of dust that was accumulating throughout the house. But now I know that um, with those floors being redone, uh, some of the debris has gone into the ductwork. And I'm um, investigating to try to find out uh, what is the best type of systems used uh, to get that done, you know, adequately and uh, not at a real expensive cost? I know there's a lot of variations between the cost when you call these people, so yeah. I really don't know, um, you know, which which way to go. 
Yeah, and you know, I I would say um, definitely on that. So I would look at and and to get yourself a good comparison. I'm not real up on the the cost of all the ductwork cleaning that much, but when we get involved in in ductwork cleaning. You know, at Mosby, it's usually during a a project that involves mold because we do a lot of jobs where we're correcting houses, fixing leaks, getting rid of mold. And we involved, you know, Wellington Environmental on that that team of getting rid of the mold and they clean out the ductworks and do all that. And the, the one thing I can tell you is if they're looking to make sure there's no more mold in a home, I'm going to, you know, feel comfortable that their system is going to work really, really well for everything. You know, it's going to be a really good system and environmental friendly. You're talking about someone that's not just thinking about what's a quick and easy, you know, cheap way I can get dust out of ductwork, but how do I really clean it and get it in a method that it's going to be good and healthy and all of that. So what I might recommend is have a have like an environmental company like that or have Wellington Environmental look at it and say what you know what does it cost to clean out all my ductwork and maybe use that as a baseline you know it's kind of like buying up that food chain where you're like well you know if if they're here and some of these people are here and some of the other people are way down here where you know where do I really feel comfortable and then maybe have you know if they're not too bad have Wellington do it you know and do the work for you but I'm confident they're going to get it very, very good and clean for you, and their system's going to work the best out there. It's called Wellington what? Environmental. Environmental. Yep. And and okay. it's it's like a mold, asbestos kind of you know get rid of recovery right. place. That's really you know they know all the environmental stuff and all of that, and they're going to really do a, a, a really good job for you. Yeah. Now, I know some of these systems have um, uh, HEPA filters on the other end that they're, you know, they're cleaning it and it's blowing it out uh, at a certain point and it, that uh, debris is being taken out, extracted from the home. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, and then there's other ones that just use brushes. Uh, so there's, I think yeah. there's uh, a few different methods and I was really kind of, well, I'll call these people here and see what they say and uh, kind of go from there. But, I mean, there was a lot of dust that I could not, I mean, and I did this years ago, but it really didn't seem like it helped that much. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking to do it right this time. And, uh, and uh, Yeah, you definitely want the system where they're pulling the air out and filtering the air. You know, it's kind of like when we remodel a house, a lot of times when we're in a dusty part of that project, we have these what we call air scrubbers that have HEPA filters and all that in them. They basically suck air into them, kind of like a filter, but there's a hose that takes that exhaust outside. You could put it out through a window or something like that. So as it pulls the air in, catches it in the filter and everything, anything that doesn't get caught in the filter and all that literally goes outside and the jobs are much cleaner when you collect the air like that. Then, you know, years ago we just had filters we would run and they would circulate the air in the room and filter the air, but you're, you're only filtering, you know, 70% of that dust or something. So you're still kicking around, you know, 20, 30% of it throughout the room. So it's definitely right. better in that collection system for sure. Um, you okay. know, all right. Does that sound good? 
It does. Thank you very much. I appreciate your show. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate you calling in, and uh, definitely a uh, great question there. And, uh, you know, something that we're always looking at is, you know, remodeling homes. How do we keep them clean? You know, things like that. So how, these dust collection systems and what's happening and and how you collect that is, you know, the systems are getting better and better. So people still using older ductwork cleaning systems that aren't going to work quite as well could probably, like Phil was saying, do it for quite less. But maybe it doesn't really do a very adequate job there for you. So, um and, you know, talking about that remodeling and cleaning and the different things that you have to do, something we run into all the time when we get into decent size, size remodeling projects is, you know, the municipalities coming in and, and basically stamping the plans and saying, you know, you're doing a big enough project that you you now need to update the smoke detector system throughout the entire home. So you get into like a major gut kitchen remodel um, or building a room addition or something like that. And they're like, you know what, you're doing enough work, update the whole home. It, it is a safety thing. I mean, when you think about it, you know, smoke detectors are a safety feature and winter, you know, is a dangerous time of year for that. You know, as far as the temperatures drop, you're running your furnaces, maybe you're bringing in other heaters, electric space heaters, things like that can increase, you know, the, the odds of having, you know, fires in a home. And, you know, smoke detectors, they get old, they wear out, so do carbon monoxide detectors. And they they find, you know, when they have these fires and stuff, a lot of times they find smoke detectors that literally didn't end up going off, maybe because the battery was bad or they pulled the battery out. It was, uh, you know, just beeping and, and that sort of thing. So they took it out temporarily. And, you know, this is definitely nothing you want to really mess around with. Um, there's a lot of fires. There's a lot of deaths every year um, from carbon monoxide. There's like 400 deaths a year from, you know, carbon monoxide inside the home. Um, so now in those codes, some of those smoke detectors have to be a carbon monoxide detector also. So in basically they want them to be interconnected connected with one another throughout the entire home. If you think about everywhere you might want to be able to hear one is kind of where they're saying, you know, you need to have them. So in every single bedroom, you want one. So if you got a four bedroom house, you got four of them right there. You put them in the hallway outside of the bedrooms. It has to be within so many feet of the bedroom doors. So we got a lot of, you know, when you get bigger homes, you have longer hallways. Sometimes you have two of them in the hallway just so they're close enough to each bedroom door. And if you think about it, if one of these were to malfunction or not work, then you want one close enough to, to actually hear and know what's going on. But the big thing is, you know, there's, there's, they're really, the municipalities are in this, making this happen you know, forcing them to do it. I talked to a lot of clients that aren't real super happy about that. And they're like, you know, why would they force me to spend money on something? And But but honestly, it is a safety thing. And it's, you know, it's up to Mosby to understand when we need to pull permits, but it's not really up to us to say when we should 
try and avoid that in order to not have to do certain safety features, you know, that the municipalities are calling for and it can't add expense. But, you know, I, I always kind of advise people, you know, who do you want telling you how long you have to get out of your home in the event of a fire? Um, and there's a, a lot of stuff out there about, you know, young children not hearing smoke detectors when they sleep. They don't wake up as easily. They don't hear it as well. So you want to think about that. If you just have like one on the second floor, they may not hear that. And maybe, you know, it's a great idea to put that into every bedroom and make sure that they're all going to go off and they're all going to interconnect. And there are some other options too. And we've used some of them when we get into, you know, older um, homes where it may be a lot more difficult to run wires to every room, to everywhere. You get a, you know, 120 year old house in Clayton that's three stories tall. It gets very difficult to run those wires. So, you know, sometimes they'll allow us to use radio frequency transmitted, you know, smoke detectors where you have one on each floor that's actually wired, um, but then they can run off of radio frequencies to speak with one another, and then they still have the batteries and all of that. So, you know, a lot of things that need to happen, a lot of information out there on smoke detectors. I encourage everybody to have them, get them, and keep them running. There's a lot of statistics out there that aren't good around not having smoke detectors. So, hey, give us a call, 314-241-9797. I'll have my hat coming up here. Shortly after the break, we have Kim on the line. If you can hold the line through the break, I'll get to you after the break also, and uh, we'll be right back. We are back halfway through the show. Can't wait to get to this hack. I want to remind everybody um, about the gift card giveaway on my uh, professional Facebook page. If you go make a comment on the hack after the show or in the next few days here, and uh, like my page, and uh, you can follow me on all the stuff. We put those hacks out there every week. Um, you will then be registered for a gift card giveaway that we will give away about midway through the week, probably on Wednesday of this coming week. So go to Facebook, find me, search Rich Oris. If you put Mosby after it, you'll go right to it'll locate my professional page very easily. Find that, uh, I'll post that right after the show and then you can find that hack read through it it'll be a lot of information in it uh, make a comment on it and uh, you'll be entered to win but for now first I want to get to back to the phone here with Kim out in St. Charles has a question for us Kim what do you have going on are you with us Kim yeah um, oh, there you are yeah can you hear me yes I can hear you now okay Thanks. Okay, sounds good. Okay, thanks for taking my call. Um, we live in a 23-year-old ranch-style home uh, out in Defiance, and we um, are in the midst of a kitchen remodel, and we have a stove that's in the corner, so we kind of angled the drywall. Um, we went to take the range hood down and replace it. We were going to do one of those pyramid-shaped range hoods. Uh -huh. um, but we found that the ductwork for the range hood that we had, which was an under-cabinet range hood, um, the ductwork went about 18 inches up. It's a rectangular hole um, that's about three feet from the floor. Um, 
or excuse me, three feet from the stovetop. Um, and the ductwork went about 18 inches up, and it was capped. It went about 12 inches down, and it was capped. And then somewhere between that, it goes out, and it's vented towards or vented out the uh, wall of the side of the house. And we were just wondering, um, we can't figure out what to do um, to replace it because, like, with the, the new range hood, the holes to attach them are round. And so do we need to, like, pull drywall off and replace any deck work because of the capping? Um, we're kind of we're kind of stuck on it. Okay, so so on the back of the range hood, it's got a round um, exit for the ductwork to hook up to, not a, not a rectangular one? Um, I believe so. Yeah, the range hoods that we've looked at, and we've not actually purchased anything yet because we've been that stumped. Okay. But the, um, in our wall, the hole is rectangular. Okay. So, so a lot of the range hoods, um, you can kind of do that ductwork either way where it's a rectangle or a round, um, you know, on them. And, and going in the wall, the rectangle is going to work better because you can put the rectangle ductwork up, you know, through the wall and up into the attic. And then I recommend going out, you know, through the roof to get rid of that, you know, outside. And you can insulate that a lot better and not have it if it's right dead through the wall you're going mm-hmm. to get more cold you know okay. from, from outside and and you know in through that that vent and everything so is there a cabinet above the the range hood where you could run a round pipe through the cabinet into the attic uh there was or, yeah there was a cabinet um and we we could definitely put it back up and and you know put a hole through it i was just really hesitant to um, to vent it through the roof just because I'm concerned about leakage, you know, after, after a couple of years. Yeah. And, and really it, when done correctly, if your roof is in good condition and the, the roof boot that they use to run that outside is installed properly, then you really don't have to worry about, um, you know, that, actually leaking water in through the roof uh, mm-hmm. once it's through there. And, and really, if, you're, if your hood is on an exterior wall, I would mm-hmm. definitely recommend if you can basically don't run the pipe inside the wall, insulate the wall, drywall the wall, and then if you can run the pipe from the top of that hood, like through the cabinet above it or through like a drywall or trimmed covered, you know, box to get into the attic, then Mm -hmm. basically you can insulate that pipe in the attic. You can insulate the attic floor. You can have your wall and your drywall all insulated, and it will keep your space warm and working well and and not mixing with cold air outside so much. And then when you get to the roof, there's an actual, like, damper roof boot that you can, you know, place into the shingles, and it weaves in, and it, you know, it, it shouldn't leak. It's like any other, you know, roof vent on the roof. But this one will actually have like a flapper that when the air starts blowing, it'll open up like a damper and let the air out. Um, okay. And, and, and then it won't let cold air in, um, you know, and back in. And another thing that I've done in the past when we've had issues, because I've seen a lot of issues with systems like this, is mm-hmm. you've got a metal pipe going up. 
if it's you're on an outside wall and you get outside the roof very, very quickly and it's a really short pipe, sometimes you can still just radiate some of that cold down in through the cabinet and everything because it's just metal. It's metal outside. It's a, connected to a metal pipe that's connected to a metal vent. So if in the attic you took that metal and you separated it in two pieces of ductwork and then hooked them together with some space between them with like a rubber boot that mm-hmm. would hold the pipes together, basically that will create what we call a thermal break where the metal getting cold from the roof will have a spot to, to kind of start to warm up and not directly connect. You know, don't touch the metals. Keep them about an inch apart and use that rubber boot to hold them. And that way it won't conduct that cold through the metal down into that vent and make it cold. Because there's a lot of kitchens like that wherever they're always like, it's always so cold by my range in the dead of winter because of this vent and the pipes and the metal and all of that. So that's, mm-hmm. a, that's kind of a, a, a long-winded answer with a lot of information. But, you know, that's how I'd really look at separating that. Then if you do it that way, the round pipe would be fine because it'll fit in the cabinet. Okay. All right. That sounds great. Thank you. Hey, no problem. You're very welcome. Very, uh, very good question. And I definitely um, appreciate the the call on that one um, because we get some really interesting ones here. And these are things that it's hard to think of them all and come up with that stuff all the time um, to talk about. So I kind of need that reminder of, but it is something that we deal with quite a bit here at Mosby when we're looking at how do we remodel that kitchen? How do we make it the best thing possible? And how do we really eliminate these issues and everything else, you know, with that while we, uh, while we do that process and get you into a really, really good, you know, project and, and the best thing possible for you. That is definitely our goal here. And that is what we are definitely trying to do. So what I want to do is I've got just about enough time to get through this hack here. So um, I'm definitely going to want to talk about um, this uh, myth about garbage disposals. And I also, because this is such a big deal here with Facebook, I want to invite Facebook in here. I just started a a Facebook live video of this to talk about these myths because I want to remind everybody to go to my professional page, leave a comment, like the page, and then you'll be entered for that gift card. And it's a gift card that can be used all over the place. So, but basically I, I hear these questions a lot doing the radio program every week. And from the first garbage disposal repair I did, you know, years back doing apartment maintenance and stuff like that, there's a lot of myths out there. And we see a lot of, you know, people making comments, well, my mom or my grandma said this and put this down there or do this to it. And I think it's important to be aware of the facts that are behind some of these ideas. And so did some research, gathered up a whole list of them. Thanks to dengardenonline.com. You can find a lot of great information there also. Um, So the first myth I got going here is garbage disposals are made to handle all foods, which most of your residential normal garbage disposals are made to just grind down soft food particles, not hard foods, not bones, gristle, stuff like that. Um, Garbage disposals can 
manage grease? Well, we talked about that last week and a little bit earlier that no grease, no oil, no fat should ever go down a garbage disposal in a residential home. Just don't do it. Um, the hot water one we talked about, always run hot water during garbage disposal use. It's actually the exact opposite. They are mechanical. They're, they're running. They can overheat. So hot water can kind of add to that process too. So use cold water as much as possible when you, uh, use the garbage disposal actually while grinding. Um, lemons can be used to clean and freshen the garbage disposal. Well, it may make your sink smell a little better, but it actually doesn't remove any of the scaling, stale food products, things like that from inside your garbage disposal. Here's my favorite. Ice can sharpen the garbage disposal blades. Well, typical residential garbage disposals do not have sharp blades. They work very differently, much more like a cheese grater. So eggshells is kind of the same thing. They will they will not sharpen any blades inside there. So that is a myth that just doesn't do anything. Um, garbage disposals are bad for the environment. Some people think just putting all that stuff down there. You know, I recommend putting as little as possible, but actually they're, they're better for the environment getting rid of things that way than just throwing everything out and having it go to a landfill. So that is my myth, myth list there that you can, uh, Go to my Facebook page after this and leave a comment, and we will enter all you guys in to that gift card giveaway. It's going to be a really good gift card, so I'm going to kind of leave that there for you to go search for it and everything. And I appreciate everybody listening up. I'm going to get to a break here and uh, say goodbye to Facebook here, and uh, we'll be back in just, just a minute. We are back. Final segment. Hopefully, we got a lot of great information out there. But if you have anything for me, we've got just a little bit of time here. 314-241-9797. We can definitely get you in and get a question answered for you if you call right away. And I definitely want to, a couple things I want to remind everybody. One is um, Aqua Systems. Um, if, uh, you know, if you're, we've been talking a lot about garbage disposals and and water and should you run hot water, cold water, um, but, you know, hard water damaging the inside of your dishwashers and garbage disposals and washing machines and, and you know, all of that. If you're interested, I would invite you to check out Aqua Systems. You can go online, go to ilovemywater.com, and you can see everything that they've got. You can see pricing and everything right there. You can have them come out. They can test your water and see you know, what system's really going to work the best for you and everything. And it's no haggle. I mean, they are, they are just super easy to work with and you can have them out. You'll find out why nine out of 10 people that they talk to, that they come out actually buy their systems from Aqua system because they just have great systems, great service, very easy to do. Everything's easy and upfront. You will absolutely love it. So go to ilovemywater.com and find out more about them. And our um, seminar we got coming up in a couple weeks on March 7th. I want to uh, remind everybody to, uh, you know, go. You can call our office to register for that. Or you can go at uh, events at mosby.com and you can register over email. Um, the 
phone line in is 314-909-1800. Let us know you'd like to attend that. It's all outside stuff. It's doors, windows, sidings, everything exterior that we do. We can answer questions for you, bring some photos. We can talk about your projects and kind of get things going for you that way. So a lot of good things happening and a lot of great things, you know, going on around Mosby, you know, right now. So I want to get into uh, this uh, load-bearing wall conversation because this is definitely a thing that we perform a lot at Mosby Building Arts, identifying whether they're load-bearing or not, coming up with ways to, you know, hold them up if they are and uh, how to open up spaces. And, you know, one of the most popular topics out there is, you know, everybody wants to redo their kitchen and they want to create an open concept, you know, a, around that kitchen. And, and you know, the kitchen's the heart of the home. Um, so sometimes we do this with room additions, kind of hearth rooms off the back of the kitchen and really create a great area. Other times we could do this inside the footprint where, you know, you remove some walls and you kind of connect it to the living room and the dining room and all the other areas. And you have this great open floor plan that everybody can now sit in and fit in and help out. And, you know, when you're cooking and working and you're having a gathering, you can then be a part of everything else that's going on while you're still performing some of that work and everything. So it's a great thing to do. A lot of times it starts to involve the basement stairs. You know, there's a lot of homes out there um, that, you know, the basement stairs kind of run downstairs right between like the living room and the kitchen. And I see so much of that, you know, in the homes and everybody's like, oh, well, what if we push it over here and do this? So there, there can be a lot of load bearing things going on, especially when you're moving the basement stairs. Um, so when you're looking at something like this, you know, kind of identifying. So some of the ways you can identify is just with the age of the home. So if you, you're in a one story and you have just a roof above you, finding out if you have full span trusses, but depending on that age of that home, trusses do go back. I mean, they kind of started in the fifties. Um, so they can actually go back that far sometimes, but a lot of them weren't built for a full span because they still knew that they were going to have that center wall. So finding out if they're actually for that, even if you have trusses is something, you know, worth looking at and investigating. I have seen people do that thinking it's just going to be okay. And they really weren't meant to be a full span. So um, another way you can kind of look around and try and identify is if you're looking at a wall and you're thinking, man, it'd be great to have that wall gone. Well, if you go downstairs and if there's an I-beam in the basement directly under that wall, then you've got a really good chance that that wall above it is the load-bearing wall that's holding up the second floor. Or if it's an older home, you know, those those roof rafters and ceiling rafters, um, you know, sit on that wall to actually hold things up. So the I-beam down there is a good way to kind of look for that. Um, if you have a second floor and there's floor joists above, what direction are they going? And, you know, are they lapping? You're looking for where those floor joists lap over a wall makes that a load bearing wall and ceiling joists and rafters are the exact same way. 
Um, so in removing something like that, of course, if it's not a load-bearing wall, then it's a little bit easier because your trusses are just going to span or your floor is just going to span, and it's really taking out the components, although you got to start to think about where, you know, if there's switches and outlets, what are the code requirements, where are these things going to go once you tear this out? So, you know, having a master plan to figure all that out up front is a really, really good idea. Um, other things to look out for are plumbing, electrical, ductwork. Sometimes, you know, that's a little harder to see. It takes a little investigation to find out if you have that there. But, you know, going through designing and all that, figuring this stuff out, we really want to make sure we find as much of that up front so we know the true job we need to do and the true cost to it. So when you get into that stuff is really when the professionals are going to shine for you on how to move it, what to do with it, where do you put it. Um, so, and then when you go into actually removing an actual load bearing wall, you know, the process there is you need to literally hold up what's above it while you get it out so that then you can put the new actual support in. So you're kind of putting supports on both sides of the wall temporarily so that you can put the support in where it needs to go now that your wall is going to be gone. And a lot of times you're going to have to actually go down in the basement and put another, you know, pipe underneath that, that I-beam, put another footing and stuff where that, that beam is going to hit down into that basement. You got to think about the weight and the load going all the way down and all the way downstairs. So, you know, there, there can be a lot into it. And then there's different types of headers that you can do where there's internal and external where one would actually hang down and you see it, but you can actually sometimes get it up into the floor system or the roof system where you don't even see it then. And that's, that's a really nice way to do it. Cause then you've just got a flat ceiling through and no issues and everything works out really well and looks really good. And when you do that, you know, open concept, it's nice to have that one ceiling plane all the way through. Makes it look a little more real and a little more natural that it had kind of always been that way, you know, where you can't really tell, oh, that's where the wall used to be. And they took it out and they opened it up and, and they made it better. It more naturally looks like it's just always kind of been that way. So, um, that's, you know, there's a lot into that in our design build process here at Mosby Building Arts can really help get you through that, figure that out and know and understand what that project is all about. So if you have anything like this, I'd love to come out. I'd love to talk to you about it. I'd love to help you out. So you can call our office 314-909-1800. I want to remind everybody real quick, I'm going to be posting that hack. So get on there. Put some comments to the hack, like my page, and you will be entered on that giveaway. And uh, had a great time, had a great show. Hopefully you liked it as much as I did, and I will look forward to talking to everybody next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.